0: Right. Welcome, everyone. As always, I'm Nicholas. I'm joined by Justin. Crushed he couldn't watch the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl unenthusiast. Uh, Pro Bowl it. And, uh, well, I would say we're joined by Jeremy, but he was uh, so highly disappointed that the NFC lost the Pro Bowl. He just didn't have the energy to show up today. Uh-huh. So, it's uh, like
1: man down part one, but with me.
0: Yeah, I would say we've, we've done it where it's been me and Jeremy. I'm pretty sure that you guys have done it with just you and him. I don't uh-huh. think we've ever done one just me and you. Oh, it's, this this it's, is brand this is new
1: territory. This is for the first first time this train wreck happens. All right, well, Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So, um, well, you just said you
0: just watched the new super sp- Superman Spider Man movie. I did. It's been I out. Saw that today. It's been out for a little while now. So. Um, I feel like we can we can kind of break it down a little bit without uh, spoiling anything for anybody because I have a feeling that you and Jeremy were the last two people on the planet to see it anyway. <laughs>
1: probably accurate. Yes. Uh, what do you think? I enjoyed it. It's uh, they definitely try to pull at your heartstrings with this one. Yeah. More so than any of the other ones, I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, there was that the one scene with uh, with Aunt May that uh, almost got me. Yeah, um, definitely uh, looked over at the wife and and could tell it did get her. There, there was the, little t- little the little little trickle, little little trickle, little um, trickle. I just, I mean, I was so happy when Tobey Maguire stepped out of the portal.
1: Yeah, um, the has crowd, he done has he done anything recently? He's started doing a lot of the weird movies, like
0: not necessarily underground, but like. Just like he started his own production company and does like I want to say like if it was an indie band it would be like indie horror films like it would be like an indie rock band like right. so I mean he I mean he's done he's never stopped working he just does all I mean he did uh, no that was Elijah Wood I was gonna say he did Alfred but
1: Elijah Wood did Alfred
0: sometimes I get sometimes I get Tobey Maguire and Elijah
1: Wood confused but. Understandably so, um, the, but yeah, he came through.
0: The crowd that I was I was with when Andrew Garfield came through all like gassed, like they didn't know it was going to happen, and were much more excited about that. Which so you you must have been with a younger crowd, must have been. I was I was kind of because
1: like all right, the two Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies were not bad. No, the first one was really good. The second one, I think Andrew Garfield was good, but the movie itself was lackluster. Right,
0: and and I think that was part of the problem. And then when Sony got hacked, and it kind of came to light that they really just didn't know what they were doing, and Marvel was like, "We want Spider-Man back, like more than anything." Uh, Sony was like, "Okay, let's make a deal," and it kind of ended, yeah. ended the ended the. Sony just didn't have enough energy to keep fighting Disney off. So they were like, okay.
1: We you can only turn down so many bags of money.
0: Well, you know, and honestly, at some point, like, I too, I do believe had Sony not worked out a deal with Disney, Disney would have bought them just like they bought Fox. Like, Disney was, yeah. like, Disney was like, we want X-Men. We want Daredevil. We want all these characters. And and Fox was like, no, we'll never give them. We're never giving to you. And and then uh, Disney just said, okay, well, we'll
1: take the whole company. Yeah, we'll just buy you out. The- we'll buy you. Out. And I feel like Sony was either. Just, whole- just for those, those titles. I,
0: and I feel like there's a good chance that, like, the same thing was about to happen to Sony if they hadn't made a deal.
1: They're like, man. okay,
0: all right, we'll just buy you then, and then you'll be yeah. out of a job.
1: We're starting to go under. Just, just sell Marvel their stuff back.
0: But uh, you know, there's that been was their this,
1: that was their retirement plan.
0: <laughs> there's been this movement <laughs> online since the movie came out for uh, them to make uh, Spider-Man three, The Amazing Spider-Man three with Andrew Garfield, and Andrew Garfield's response was, I believe I'm quoting, "Where the fuck were you when after when the after the second one was made." nice because basically it's like you, you guys weren't here in the first place like that's why the third one didn't get made because yeah. even even if you know i mean if if the fan base had been there and like they had made all kinds of money even if had the deal gone through i think they would have just made those movies retroactive and andrew garfield would have been the one in civil war yeah, yeah that would have,
1: have been a whole different they would have
0: failed Right. They would have figured out a way to, you know, like make the two Spider Man movies, you know, part of the MCU. I
1: mean, that's. Yeah. I, mean, I did like some of the small cameos too that were in this one. Yeah. Especially the one small one with Daredevil. Yep. I was like, oh, look who it is. Well, you know, I think everybody's been making a big deal out
0: of like, oh, the Netflix shows aren't canon. Yeah, they are. I mean, clearly. I mean, now with Charlie Cox playing Daredevil in the spider-man movie and then yeah. uh vincent d'onofrio playing the the exact same version of kingpin in hawkeye like that's them saying hey you know it's all together yeah it's all together like we're not re- we're not going to reinvent the wheel here they might change some of the you know characters here or there. just like where they're like oh terence howard you're being a dick uh what oh geez all I- right Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. Don Cheadle, you're in. Like, oh, yeah, I
1: was. I was hoping they would have made a reference to uh, Punisher too after I seen Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. They haven't done. They they haven't referenced
0: Punisher, um, Jessica Jones, or Iron Fist yet. Yeah. But because Daredevil had that Defender series where like they all got together. Yeah. Um they clearly they're there. Now I don't know what they're going to do with them, if they're just going to ignore them or not. But I mean they're gonna I Doesn't
1: mean, doesn't Punisher also make an appearance in Daredevil before he got his own show? Yes. In
0: the seconds that was how I mean they kind of introduced the Punisher character
1: yeah. Daredevil. So So yeah. he's there too somewhere. Right. I
0: mean that doesn't necessarily mean that John Bernthal will be the MCU Punisher. Oh, but he should. He should be. I mean, is he was really good at it. As boring as the first season of Punisher was, and I haven't watched the second season yet, I thought his Punisher on Daredevil, like his his introduction to the character was really good. Well, yes. and I thought John Bernthal it, it, himself did a really good job.
1: Yeah, it was a really good adaptation of it. And then I liked to the, was it the first credit where they're introducing Venom? End of the universe well okay
0: did i mean so Is tom like because clearly they sent him back to whatever although it's not like they can't open the portal back up and bring him back but i mean because tom hardy was like apparently the whole time spider you know the spider Men are fighting the the well part of the not fantastic six the evil six the the sinister six the sinister six um, he was just getting drunk at a bar. <laughs> hey,
1: dude knows what he's doing. Um,
0: you know, but when he got sucked back into his universe, um, a little part of the Venom symbiote stayed behind.
1: Yeah, it was on the bar.
0: So, I mean, I guess that kind of says that, you know, they're they potentially going to play with the Venom uh, in the future. Now, that does mean that, like... They can just be like, well, this Tom Hardy happens to be the exact same Tom Hardy. And that Venom symbiote was like, well, we like that guy. So we're just going to hunt him out. <laughs> like, You know, this, this Eddie Brock is the same Eddie Brock.
1: Yeah. Or it could be someone that's someone different too. Or,
0: or it could, you know, I, I did. I was kind of curious as to why. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, but I was, I kept kind of waiting for James Franco to show up. But I know with some of his off the field uh, activities, he's kind of maybe not.
1: Yeah, he's not. I don't think he's showing up.
0: Um, And then I, I just I wonder if if Topher Grace was like, "Listen, you guys hated me that much, I'm not coming back," or if they were like, "Oh no, everybody hated this. We're not. We're not." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think he got the invite in the mail. He's probably calling them. Hey, you want me? And they're just like, leave it on. Um, Leave it unread. Leave it unread. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i have enjoyed reading new, new number uh, who this i have enjoyed reading like toby Maguire and andrew garfield finally going okay well we actually get to tell you now that we were in the movie and andrew garfield going yeah emma stone kept calling me and i kept having to lie to her <laughs> but uh no i mean it clearly opens up a whole new world and it opens up, a, and I think the, the next Doctor Strange movie is going to open it up even further. I wonder, I'm still wondering because you said you watched the Eternals, right?
1: No, that one I haven't watched. Okay,
0: that. so Jeremy's the one that watched the Eternals. Um, I'm still wondering if they're not going to use the Eternals as a way to bring in the X Men. Um, because part of me also thinks that they, you know, because after the snap and now everybody's back and not back. And and now we have Dr. Strange opening up portals to the multiverse. I mean, there's a way to bring in the X-Men where you can either actually find a way to bring Hugh Jackman in, although he said he was done.
1: Yeah. Didn't he also say he would do one more if it was part of the MCU?
0: Yeah. I mean, if he got to do it with, you know, the, the guys that were currently in the MCU So who knows yeah, I,
1: They should do that also And bring in uh, Deadpool That would You yeah, I... just, just get him and Hugh Jackman together <laughs> That's all I want to see
0: Yeah I do want to see that Um, I See I'm not one of these people That will sit here and tell you That like Deadpool can't be done right If it's not rated right R um, I you know I still I don't believe that Alien vs Predator had to be rated R. I believe it suffered because it wasn't rated R. But I also believe it suffered because it had really bad writing.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean I think that with with good writing, you can make just about any movie that's rated R or PG thirteen and make it good. I'd agree. You know. You Little just have to, here and there. Yeah, you just have to be smarter about it. You know, um, you know. Uh, so, so you can't you can't drop as, as many f bombs as you want to, but you know, you can be more creative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it requires a better writer, but I mean, there there are people who are going to scream and yell, and maybe maybe this will be the thing that finally gets us the the. The fan interaction,
1: yeah, could be.
0: We'll get the we'll get the hate mail of, of people telling us how how wrong we are,
1: and we just leave it unread. <laughs> I
0: don't know. We'll, text message
1: from Topher Grace. We just leave them unread.
0: <laughs> well, we'll, we'll read it. We just will ignore it, or we'll just make fun of you on the next episode. Um,
1: That's probably more likely.
0: All right, so. As promised, even though we're a man down, we're a week away from the Super Bowl.
1: Ba, 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 ba.
0: So uh, let's, let's give our increasingly inaccurate predictions of who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. All right.
1: I have uh, Green Bay over Kansas City. Okay. All right. I, I, have... think, I think I might have a chance. I had, a, I had Green Bay over Buffalo. Um, I, I think I had Green Bay over Tennessee, actually, was what I picked.
0: Um, I was
1: a little off.
0: Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, I think the Rams legitimately are going to blow the Bengals off the table. I don't think the Bengals stand much of a chance in this game. Um, but I will put it to you this way. I didn't think the Bengals really had much, enough to beat the Raiders. Um, but I didn't think much of the Raiders, so that game for me was a pickup. Um, I didn't think that the Bengals stood a chance against the Titans, and I was wrong.
1: Well, I that Tannehill cost them that game.
0: Well, yeah, but I didn't see Tannehill doing that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think Kansas City was going to even let Cincinnati on the field, and Cincinnati managed to find a way to do it. So, I've been wrong at least twice now about Cincinnati. Um, wow. And I was, I was talking to somebody at work and I, I was telling him the last, I mean, I'd have to look at all of the recent Super Bowls to, to sit here and, and say one way or the other. But the last Super Bowl I remember, where pretty exclusively across the board, nobody's giving Cincinnati a shot or the other team a shot. Would have been the Denver Carolina Super Bowl when everybody's like, "Well, Cam Newton's got this, like this is in the bag. Like, there's Denver's not even going to be in this game." And then Denver showed up and just beat the pants off of of Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good game.
0: Um, so part of me thinks that, like, you know, we've had two. We're, we're going to have two weeks of all the talking heads going. Cincinnati doesn't stand a chance. Matt Stafford's going to take care of this. The Rams' defense is too good. Blah, 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 blah. I, this, for me, I, I mean, I'm going to stick with the Rams as my pick, but I, I, would not, I will not be shocked if Cincinnati wins.
1: See, this is where we need uh, Jeremy, because I think the Bengals are going to beat the Rams. We would need that tiebreaker. I don't know. The Bengals seem like they got something going this year where they might be that team. You're not wrong. I mean, you know, it's just like every time it's like they're not going to win this. They figure it out. And the Rams realistically should have lost to the Niners if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo's desperation interception he tossed at the end. The Niners dropped that game winning pick game ceiling pick. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I just think Stafford's going to be old, good old, reliable Matt Stafford from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Just come but, up a little short.
0: But Stafford is the reason that the Rams are in the Super Bowl. I think, yeah, but he's been he hasn't looked that great. I don't know. I I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, if, if you if you play this game just solely on paper, the Rams have it like hands down. Um, but that's
1: uh, yeah, the, I'd say most of the positions you have to lean towards the Rams,
0: but that's why you don't uh that's why you don't play the game on paper. You, you mm. play the game on the field. I mean, and Cincinnati, I mean, there was a point in this year where we were talking about how good Cincinnati was, and then they kind of fell apart, and everybody's like, well, oh, they've come back to earth. They're not going to – and then they managed to, to right the ship at the right time and got hot. And, I mean, we've seen this with the Steelers however many years ago where you know they got hot at the right time, and they rolled right through the playoffs, and they were the first team to win every playoff game on the road you know
1: you could you could say the same with Green Bay when they won it last in 2010, 2011 season. Yeah. I they mean, had to do it as a 6 seed and so there is something there is
0: something to be said for getting hot at the right time and getting healthy at the right time.
1: Huh. I so, might have to I might have to go uh try to find my Bengals jersey and bust it out for the game. You know what, I'm not shocked you have one. I, I have one for most teams, so I think it might be a Carson Palmer jersey. Okay, all right. I didn't. I was. I was going to guess Icky Woods, but oh, not that old. I think it's Palmer. Palmer might be Palm Palmer or Hushmanzada. Not not Andy Dalton. Not the Red Rocket. Ah uh, no. <laughs> no! I think it's the the Palmer time.
0: All right. Well, so the history of the Super Bowl. The very long,
1: first long history.
0: The very first Super Bowl was uh, January fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven, and I bet you, being you, who you're a fan of, you can tell me exactly who played in that game. Packers over the Chiefs, and you could probably even tell me the score.
1: That I could not do. Oh, no, that's kind of surprising. But yeah, so that, that well, I was going to say like thirty-five to seventeen, but I don't think that's it. No, I don't. I don't even. I don't think it was that high.
0: Um. But because uh, because we're not we're not going to just talk about the history of the Super Bowl because that would get boring. Most of the Super Bowl, a lot of the Super Bowl games kind of sucked. There's been some good ones, but we're going to talk about what most people are watching the Super Bowl for: the ads, wardrobe malfunctions. That we'll get to those two. Um,
1: it, it was thirty-five to ten was the oh. final score of Super Bowl one.
0: Okay. Um, Widely considered to be the first traditional Super Bowl ad is um, Apple Mac uh, 1984. Um, it's it was the you know the the athlete running through and they're like in a dystopian world and like she launches the hammer like through the screen and it's like introducing the Apple Mac you know like, it was basically like in 1984 going this is a, an affordable home computer. That your average normal person can have in their house because at that point that was not really something that had been out like some yeah, people, they, were, they were a lot
1: bigger the machines back then
0: well they were bigger and like people just like now it's taken for granted that every house has at least one computer in it
1: yeah you have a computer in your pocket most of the time too your right phone. You know that. unless yeah. you're one of those elderly's that refuse to get off of like flip phones and right I can't even remember what company it is that makes those. Jitterbug? Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> I was going to say Cricket, but that's just a wireless company. That's a, I think Jitterbug makes those
0: oh. flip phone stuff. But, I mean, that was 1984. Apple uh, made, you know, made what is widely considered to be the first Super Bowl ad. It isn't necessarily, obviously, it's not the first Super Bowl ad because the Super Bowl started in 67, and that was almost 20 years later but it's the first one that was the big production value. Like the, we spent a lot of money to get this on here and made it like a, an event, like a mini movie, a mini show. Like people were like, and the next day people were talking about that ad almost as much as they were talking about the game, like had the internet existed. Well, and that was the reason the internet now exists is that, you know, that ad launched home computers. Um, yeah, that's what the water cooler talk was all about. I guarantee you that's what all the people on the radio the next day were talking about was, oh, my goodness, can you believe that? Uh, because the Super Bowl halftime show uh, didn't really start. Like, I mean, they had had a halftime show.
1: Yeah, but most of the halftime shows back in the early stuff for just like marching bands from yeah. usually whatever stadium or whatever teams were playing, you know. Or Up With People was a big one that they had.
0: Um, I want to say it was 88, 89 when they got Michael Jackson to do it. And even then, it was a couple years later after that before they were like, hey, we should actually do something with this. Yeah, make it a big spectacle. Make it a big spectacle. Because, I mean, you know, when, so it was 84 that taught the Super Bowl people, people aren't just going to hang around and watch the game. Because in the first Super Bowl, had about
1: um, – I
0: thought I wrote it down.
1: Uh, The first Super Bowl's attendance was 61,000. Okay, here we go. The first Super Bowl ratings, they were on two networks.
0: It was 26.75 on CBS and 24.43 on NBC. So just over 50 mil. Um, The highest rated Super Bowl ever was 2015 at 114 million. Uh,
1: Okay.
0: So, you know. The Super Bowl went from—I mean, that's a huge jump. Now, granted, in 1967, I don't know. Well, you also have to remember in 1967 there was pretty much only three channels or four channels, uh, maybe.
1: You know, TVs were probably still pretty expensive back then.
0: Oh, um so you know there wasn't. You didn't really have a choice. Like it was either that or, or nothing at all. I'm guessing that even in 1967. The other networks were not counter-programming it. They were just like,
1: "Uh, show Heidi." Or if your team wasn't playing back then, you're probably just like, "Yeah, who cares?"
0: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how fast. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. I didn't really find an example. I couldn't really find anything that said, "Hey, you know, from 1967 until 1974, like when it became like the everybody's going to get together and have just a
1: Super Bowl party."
0: Like, we're going to watch it, whether, you know, we're going to have it on, we're going to have food, we're going to have fun, you know, we're, we're just going to hang out, regardless of who's playing. Like, it doesn't really tell, it doesn't, I couldn't really find an example of culturally when that happened. It must have been before 1984, because otherwise, why would Apple have thought to, you know, counter program? Or not counter program, program spend the kind of money that they spent on an ad for that. So, you know, somewhere between 67 and 84, it, it became kind of a cultural phenomenon. Um, the first ad in 1967 was uh four thousand uh, forty-two thousand dollars for a 30-second ad. Okay. Um, for this year's Super Bowl for a 30-second ad, six and a half million. Oh that, that, thanks inflation. That's not just to that's not to make the ad or higher than any. That's only to air it. Yeah. Six and a half. That's enough.
1: the that's to lock your spot. That's that's to get that's how much I you have to for, pay. And that's not even necessarily that they'll show that commercial either, because isn't there some times where if the game is gone one way or another and they see a dip in audience they don't even air some of those commercials
0: yeah but then they have to pay back some of that money if they don't or if the you know there's there's certain uh rules and i mean i'm it's i don't have all of those details i just know like if the game becomes a blowout and in the fourth quarter like you you had a big ad that you were gonna air but it's a blowout and you're like i'm pulling my emergency cord like you know they'll have to give you some of that money back, or or they might still run the ad, but they'll be like, "All right, here's two million back." Or you know, all right, a lot of
1: legal mumbo jumbo that we yeah. uh, didn't look into, right? Um, you've got some of the iconic uh,
0: Super Bowl ads, um, the Hey Kid, catch the Mean Joe Green. You know, yeah, the the here, you know, here. Oh, here, have my cocaine. It goes in the jersey. That was 1980. So, like I said, there are some. When I get on, you know, when I get to them, they're they're going to, you know, kind of be like, "Oh, okay, that happened before 1984." But you said the first. Well, I'm saying the first ad that was like the cultural phenomenon. Um, 1993, you had Jordan versus Bird. The you know the game. Uh, Oh the
1: game of horse for the Big
0: Mac. Yeah. uh, 2010 with Old Spice. You had the uh, "I'm on a horse." Yeah, the man you could smell like, um, and then Budweiser, where I just I kind of had to stop uh, stop writing because at some point in '96 they had the horses. Uh, okay, they started airing Clydesdale commercials in '86, and '96 they aired them playing football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, In 99, they had uh, the two Dalmatians that were separated at birth. Uh, One became a fire horse. One became a bud horse.
1: Yes, I remember that one.
0: Um, 2003, uh, they had the the replay where one of the cowboys goes, I believe that riffs a jackass. And the other one goes, no, it's a zebra. Okay. Um, 89 is... I think the first Super Bowl, I truly remember watching. So it's kind of funny that this is a Bengals Super Bowl and we're talking about like Super Bowl ads and kind of breaking it down because I remember the Bud Bowl. I think I was more invested in Bud Light, Budweiser versus Bud Light than I was Bengals versus 49ers.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, that's understandable. Because, you know, an 89 as an 11-year-old, I was definitely heavy involved in like. I think I, I think Budweiser should win. Yeah, not those jerks over at Bud Light. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I mean, I mean, I know obviously you were alive then, but I don't know how much you're going to remember '89. Uh, I was two. Okay, yeah, so definitely not. But they so had. I- i remember zero they had kind of i don't want to say they're claymation bottles but they were definitely like like stop-motion animation claymation style where like budweiser was playing bud light in the bud bowl to determine who was the best because that it was, was also better beer because like, that was also back when like bud light was new like that was like what's this like
1: oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. less calories So they had a couple years of like the Bud Bowl, the Bud Bowl one. Like they, you know, they would, they'd spend weeks like pumping like the Bud Bowl commercial. Like, oh, who's going to win? You know, Uh, that was, um, that was a pretty big thing. Uh, 95, you had the Frogs. Yeah. Okay. I remember them. Um, And then. Okay. I wrote that down wrong. But in 2000, you had the What's Up ad.
1: That was, uh, which apparently I'm, actually. I'm glad people don't do that anymore. Yeah, God, I'm so glad it's done. Um, but actually, oddly
0: enough, that most people remember it as a Super Bowl ad. But that was the one that, that everybody talks about or thinks of as the Super Bowl ad was actually aired in 99 during Monday Night Football. And then they made the sequel for it for the Super Bowl.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. Um, uh,
0: so I mean, and we could go on about Budweiser for probably the rest of the episode, but
1: oh, between what Budweiser, Pepsi, uh, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to them. Uh, oh, there's so many ads you could that could be just each one could have its own episode. Uh, Wendy's in '84
0: also apparently kind of figured out what uh, Apple did. And that was where the "Where's the beef?" uh, Where's the the "Where's the beef?" Lady? Yeah, the "Where's the beef?" Lady came from. Uh, That was a super. See, I remember. I mean, "Where's the beef?" was so popular. Like, like they did a whole series of like "Where's the beef?" commercials, Um, and like they had like shirts, and I had like "Where's
1: the beef?" stickers. Like it was you, give me, you give me shit, pun intended, for poo stickers, <laughs> okay. and you have, where's the beef? But in 84, I was six. All right. Let's, let's move
0: on. Um, okay. In 2012, we got Nationwide Insurance giving us an iconic commercial, but iconic for the wrong reason. I know that you and I watched this Super Bowl together. Uh, Meet you and Tony. I want to say we were in Tony's basement. Um, Probably was. Remember the boy who died? Like,
1: they're like, I wasn't there for. Yes, I do remember that commercial.
0: Yeah, Um, that was
1: a Super Bowl commercial. That is
0: iconic for the exact wrong reason. Like, everybody talked about that because people were like,
1: what the hell? Why, yeah, why is but, this? Why would you do that? Yes,
0: um, so occasionally there's a misstep, you know. Uh, in 2008, they had the e trade baby.
1: I didn't mind the baby commercials.
0: Um, no, that that one, uh, I mean, well, now we're back on to iconic for the right
1: reason. Now, they made com- a couple, they made a couple spinoffs of those too, which are, yeah. I don't know if you want to call it a spinoff commercial. But yeah, but they, Cor- they made other ones and I, I thought they were all pretty good. Correct me if I'm wrong. In my head, and I couldn't find any,
0: any proof of it, they did a TV show with a talking baby, right? Like after the commercial, I don't remember. The thing I couldn't, and this is where I couldn't find anything about it, was whether or not it was
1: related to the E-Trade commercials or not. I don't remember a TV show with a talking baby.
0: Okay, I, it could be wrong. Um, it's, I didn't find it, it on any of my list of... Uh, we'll talk about it next week, but the caveman, the... Uh, the guy, oh, so easy a caveman could do it. Yeah, so easy a caveman, because they did make a TV show about that. Yes, they did. Yeah, I, I want to... I swear they didn't. Uh, if it wasn't an E-Trade talking baby commercial show... Like it was clearly a ripoff of the commercial, but I, you know, like I said, couldn't find the proof of it. Um, at some point in the late nineties until very recently, Doritos started a, a, a historic run of, of ads in 98. You had the laundromat with Ali Landry, like kicking the, 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 you know, the, the two guys were trying to hit on her by like flipping the 3d Doritos up and like, playing like you know yes. boy, yeah
1: um bounces it off all those dirty ass surfaces and then eats it
0: yeah um and then in 2010 you had the the underdog the man like saw a dog with a with an anti-bark commercial and he was like bark for a dorito and the dog was all like because uh, he knew he couldn't and then the, the the dog walked away and then he came up behind the guy and slapped out on his neck and then started barking, and every time he barked, the guy would because it was shocking him. Yeah, was <laughs> a um, good one. Twenty eleven, they had. Oh yeah, okay. This one might have also been iconic for the wrong uh, wrong reasons, um, where the co-workers started licking dust, the Doritos dust off the other guy's hands. Okay, because that's kind of gross. Uh, Twenty thirteen. Oh. Do you remember the fashionista the da- daddy one, where the daughter made his, her her dad dress up like a princess, and all the friends like opened the door and they were like, "What are you?" And then yeah. the scene, and then the next scene is the mom opening the door
1: and, and all of them, on, yeah, all in their little princess dresses. Yeah, because because the daughter is
0: holding them hostage with Doritos. Yes. Um. They also had. Uh oh, the middle seat commercial where the guy sees the, the hot lady and it's like, oh yeah, you can sit here in the middle seat. And then like she goes, Oh, thanks, and pulls at her
1: kid. I don't really remember that one. Okay. Um, I remember the Doritos one. I don't know if it's on your list. Uh, where the guy has the snow globe. Oh it says, okay. it says he says it's his uh, it's the fortune-telling ball. And he's like, Will there be free Doritos at work? And he turns around and he whips the snow globe into the vending machine. No, I forgot that one. That one is not on my list. Oh, uh, yeah. And then that, the other guy that he did that to, he's like, Am I going to get that promotion? And he throws the snow globe and he hits the boss in the trunk. And he pops in. And he's like, Promotion denied. No. I don't, don't remember know. what year that was, but I do remember no, that one. I also have
0: the uh, Doritos dogs where the three dogs put on a trench coat. Um, and tried to buy the Doritos. Okay. Um, and then the one where the pigs fl- like, you can have my Doritos Doritos when pigs fly. So the next scene is like the guy, the kid putting, uh, wings on a pig and flying him by the window.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: there, and then, there
1: is a Doritos one on the list I have for top commercials.
0: So do I. So I'm going to stop talking about Doritos. We might have the same one. I don't know. Well, um, I- 2010 you had snickers um with the betty white now was that the first one where where uh because this is some of these things were so hard to find information about um commercials because they're like Wikipedia. most commercials don't have their own wikipedia page right it's just a commercial it's just a commercial um because i remember like there was a whole series of like you know here have a snickers because you know oh because you're not yourself when you're hungry and and that, there was the Betty White where you know, like she was tackling the guy or whatever.
1: She gets tackled because she right. played. Oh football. yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: because there was also the Danny DeVito one, and or was it Danny, Danny DeVito? Danny Trejo. There was Danny Trejo. Like there was there was a bunch of them, but I what I couldn't remember is if Betty White was the first one or if that was just the Super Bowl ads.
1: That was uh, that was the start of okay. that because right. I had I had written that one down as for the list that I was working on. Yeah, that one started it back in twenty ten, and then it just kind of continued on. Like they had the one in twenty fifteen of the Brady Bunch where Danny Trejo's Marsha. Yeah, and then yeah. Steve Buscemi is Jan.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It all it all stemmed from that that commercial.
0: Well, let me let me tell you this. As as my uh, research went on it became harder and harder to write everything down. So I kind of stopped writing as much as I should have. Um, 2011 Volkswagen did the force commercial where the kid was like pretending to be Darth Vader. Uh, 2000, yeah. 2003 Reebok did Terry Tate. Um, that was Terry Cruz being office linebacker. Uh-huh. Um, you brought up Pepsi earlier, uh, Cindy Crawford, ninety-two.
1: Yeah, where like a they, very iconic one.
0: Yeah, that was that was pretty iconic because they were like talking about like their new design can, but everybody was all like, "Again, I." Some of these commercial, like Doritos, had like entire web pages dedicated to just like the best Doritos ads. Budweiser had entire web pages, but like Pepsi, they're just like, yeah, they did a commercial once. uh because i mean they they did some ones with britney they did some other ones uh i know at some at some point like they talk like they would just talk about like iconic pepsi commercials not just iconic super bowl commercials or or pepsi super bowl commercials so like there was a lot of me trying to figure out how to break down what one was super bowl and which one was just like just a normal
1: run-of-the-mill commercial
0: um we'll get to this guy a little bit more next week when we talk about the pets.com sock puppet okay um who was kind of like in the middle of the dot com uh bubble before it burst but oh boy did he uh hmm, did he really take a hit when the when the dot com bubble burst but he was you yeah, know that that launched a whole series of of commercials yeah. Um. I also I can't remember if that was when before Conan started Triumph the Insult Comic Dog or after. I don't. Or maybe that's where they got the idea. But I, I, uh, what
1: year was the commercial? Did you write that down. Two thousand. I think that was after the dog. But I'm not. I'm not certain. I don't. Know. Um. And then this one took. This one. In nineteen
0: seventy-three. So this is where I begin to put I started to put more into figuring out where the the ads or where the Super Bowl became kind of a cultural phenomenon. Somewhere between 67 and 73. And I think 73 must have been kind of the beginning because they did a Farrah Fawcett Joe Namath commercial. I think I I think I sent it to you a couple weeks ago in in the in, in in our facebook message group where it's like it's joe namath and he goes i'm joe namath and i'm about to be creamed and then farrah Fawcett like runs a whole bunch of noxzema shaving cream onto his face and then like shaves him
1: yeah those are two big people especially back in early 70s so that might be the a turning point you're talking about well, because I know
0: like Super Bowl three with Joe Namath, like I mean, obviously the Packers won the first two. And and being that, you know, you're a Packer fan, those mean more to you than Super Bowl three when the Jets beat the Colts. Um, Joe Namath made the guarantee. That was like that third Super Bowl was where I think so 70 is no 67, 68, so 69. When the Jets beat, you know, the last time the Jets have even been to the Super
1: Bowl. Sounds about right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, When Joe Namath, you know, made the guarantee we're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, So just a couple years later, he does a Super Bowl ad. And Joe Namath basically made his entire career off of of winning that one Super Bowl. Because, I mean, he was a good quarterback, but he was no Marino or Star or Starbuck or... Or, you know, Elway or Montana. Like, I mean, his, his numbers just are, are not up there with those guys. Um, but so I wonder, you know, if, if between Super Bowl three and whatever Super Bowl number in 73 would have been, um, that must have been where the Super Bowl became like the we got to watch this kind of thing. So and then between 73 and 84, it became such a big phenomenon. That they were like, we have to make ads just for the Super Bowl. You know, not just you know, you know. There, there are so many people watching the Super Bowl that we must program our ads just for that. Yeah. So, um, all right, top three favorite Super Bowl ads.
1: Well, wasn't '73 also the year the Dolphins went undefeated? Oh, that's a good question. Was that 19, 1973? Because uh, let me, I'll check that quick. I think that was the year. Because if that was the year they went undefeated, that could have also been a reason a lot more people were uh, tuning in. Because I know they went undefeated one year, but I don't remember if it was 73. So 72 Dolphins were
0: undefeated. Uh But I don't know if that means they played the Super Bowl in 73. Hey, let's see here. The
1: Dolphins. Come on.
0: Because that's always the hard part about like, you know, when we're talking about the season, like because the season
1: the the Dolphins lost the Super Bowl January 1672. They won the Super Bowl January 14th, 1973. Okay. And they won the Super Bowl 1974. Well, they went to three Super Bowls in a row. Oh, who knew?
0: Um, okay, yeah. So you called it. I mean, that 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 commercial 73 would have been the perfect the perfect season. Perfect Super. Season. Bowl. Yeah, so that would have been that would have been pretty darn big. A lot of people would have tuned in for that. Yeah. So you know, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'm sure that how ha- I mean. The guarantee in in the third Super Bowl and then the perfect season in 72, 73 would have have even probably – so clearly those couple years just cemented the Super Bowl as like the cultural event, like the touchstone event of the year of like, you know, everybody's going to be at home watching the Super Bowl.
1: Yes. I wonder how many they'll get this year too.
0: I mean, I got to imagine it, it'll be insane than the kind of numbers that the, the Super Bowl will get this year. I mean, because people are, are so tired of everything that they're going to be out doing the parties. And... Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, I got, I've got i got my top three and then a couple honorable mention. Um, I
1: never I never put mine in order, so I just have a list.
0: Okay, well, I mean, I say top three of like I just wrote them down, and then I wrote one, two, three next to them, so they're not necessarily oh, they're not necessarily in like a. But I our, just I just wrote a list. <laughs> uh, my number one uh, favorite Super Bowl ad was a Budweiser commercial from 2015, uh, the lost dog. Um, the dog goes. The dog good somehow gets out during a storm he's a puppy and why is it put the Clydesdale horse and uh well the horses like break out of the barn and go like searching for him, and they find them like uh in 2015 i probably didn't i don't know i mean it just it's listen i know it's been a running joke that i don't have feelings and because i don't cry at movies um or really anything, but but you know, if you put a dog in it, it'll it'll probably get me. Um, and that commercial, you know, still, you know, I know. I mean, it tugs, tugs a little. Tugs a little. Uh, and I think this is the one we're both talking, thinking about for our favorite uh, number two for my list is Doritos, the Time Machine.
1: No, that is oh. not the one I put on my list. Oh wow!
0: Okay, all right. Um, but I love that Doritos time machine commercial, <laughs> Jimmy, you're so
1: old.
0: Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then my third one, um, is the, uh, the sprint commercial from 2006, where they talk about the phone being, a, uh, a crime deterrent. And like the guy says, Oh, how's our crime deterrent? And he just takes the phone and he chunks it as hard as he can at the guy's head.
1: <laughs> yes was this anti-theft thing on there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are my three favorite ones.
1: Well, you we actually touched on the one I put, I put the Betty white 2010 Snickers one. Okay. Cause that was the introduction of the, you're not you when you're hungry ad. Okay. Plus I really, I think of that one once in a while, just Betty white getting leveled, you know, <laughs> it is a good one. Yeah. Okay. The Doritos one I put also from 2010 was the uh, keep your hands off my Doritos commercial where the mom brings home like a boyfriend and uh, she goes to put something away and he sits down with her son and he's like, Oh, I see you got your video game set up. And he's like, he's like, Oh, I might be a new champ when I'm around. And then he grabs the Doritos out of the bowl and the kid slaps him in the face. And then he gets right in his face. He's like two rules keep your hands off my mama and my Doritos. (laughs) I I remember that one. I really like that one for for some reason. And then there's even a more recent one. Oh, 2018. The, uh, the tide commercials where you didn't know what was going on. all of a sudden they're like, it's a tide commercial. Oh yeah. They'll start showing like these like pearls and stuff. And all of a sudden be like, Nope. Tide commercial. Yeah. Because it just kept randomly appearing throughout the whole the whole run of commercials. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. So I it's the whole run of them, not just one specific tide commercial, but that whole run of tide commercials that Cause, year.
0: Because they made you made it think it was gonna be this other product.
1: Yeah. Like you're like, wait, is this a Pepsi yet? Nope, it's a tide commercial. <laughs> Mechanics working on the car and also he's like, Nope, tide commercial. What makes the a tide commercial? See how clean his shirt is? No stains. Yeah. That one was in twenty eighteen. All right, um, I threw uh,
0: for a couple honorable mentions. I threw the GoDaddy commercial where that supermodel Bar Refaeli was making out with that nerd from Chuck. Okay, I I know I was watching that one in the basement with you and Tony, uh, because I just remember there are people and that was a twenty thirteen because i remember people were like that was so disgusting and i was just like oh it was freaking hilarious nerd <laughs> go yeah um and then there was the uh, e trade commercial in, and i didn't write down the year but they they had a couple guys sitting in a in a garage like clapping and then there was a, a chimpanzee dressed in like overalls like dancing on a bucket
1: i don't remember that (laughs) oh it's
0: it's it's just two good old boys sitting in a garage um like clapping like to some like you know tune and a chimpanzee wearing like some sort of overalls like dancing on a bucket and and then the end of it is like e-trade going we just wasted two million dollars perfect
1: uh yeah that was a good one you know i mean some of the other ones you touched on that i wrote down was the old spice the that your man could smell like commercial yeah i really like that one because it's like look at him look at me look back at him look at me yeah uh, another dorito one that i put on here was the pepsi coke the doritos blaze versus mountain dew ice battle okay the one with uh morgan freeman and peter dinklage when they came out lip lip syncing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, 2020's Rocket Mortgage, the Jason Moma, comfortable in his own skin.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Where he, like, takes off all the fake muscles and the shoe. And and the other one I also enjoyed was the uh, the NFL celebrating the hundred year in 2019. Yeah. Where all those players are at that. Like, ceremony and Marshawn Lynch drops the football trying to get a handful of cake. And that big scrum ensues to see who can, uh, who can get the ball. Yeah. Just because it brought a lot of the legends into
0: it. It did. It did. I, I know that, you know, there's been a couple good ones over the last year or two, but overall, the commercials have been kind of down the last, you know, I don't know, four or five years, maybe. So I'm hoping this year, maybe they'll make a comeback.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of mine were 2010, 2015 and 2018. Well, I mean 20, there was, I, I just had the one from twenty eighteen because I really like the lip sync battle with Peter Dinklage and Maureen Freeman. You know, I, I distinctly
0: remember in in high school, so 92 to 96, like going to Super Bowl parties and and like everybody like during the commercial, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You know, oh you could talk during the game, you'd get up during the game, you go get more food, get some to drink, you know,
1: go to the bathroom, whatever. Oh, the commercials are on. Oh everybody. <laughs> That's a lot how it is still with us with all of us hanging out watching the game. Well, the game's on all right. I'll go take a piss. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy too to think about how long we've all been getting together to yeah. watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because I think well, what year are we in? 2022? Yeah. So this is at least third. 14 years of me and Tony getting together for the game. Yeah, and I I think I've been other than maybe a year or two
0: in between. Um, I think that that I've gotten together with you and Tony pretty much every year since I moved here.
1: Yeah, because I know the 2010 Packer win. I was with uh, you guys. That was on his birthday. Yeah, I think. The Falcon fiasco against the Patriots, I think that was just you and me at my place. Yeah, yeah, that was – because I know,
0: I know there's been at least one Super Bowl where I was at home um, because of the weather or something. I don't remember – because I was in the apartment, I want to say. I know last – not last year, but like two years ago, I had just moved into the house, and I had that, that side job. So I was working at the grocery store, and so yeah. like, you know I don't have time to. Like, I'm getting off work and then I'm running home. Like I'm gonna miss. Like I missed the beginning of the Super Bowl because I was at at work. Um, like I got home I, just just in time to see like like right after kickoff or something like that.
1: I think the Denver Carolina game. We were at Jeremy's. Yeah, is that the only one we watched at Jeremy's? I It might have been. We might have watched one or two, but I think that was the one where we all just stuck around and played rock band.
0: Which I would say, honestly, not only because I, we got to see Peyton Manning win the Super Bowl and him retire, and I'm a gigantic Peyton Manning fan, that night as a whole was probably one of my top five. Well, top five is generous. Top ten nights maybe of all time.
1: Yeah, that's a fun night. I think we also watched the Seahawks lose to the Patriots at Jeremy's. Yeah, that sounds with right. that Malcolm with that Malcolm Butler interception because that started the meme of Richard Sherman's whiny yeah. face. Because I'm pretty sure that's when we got the cease and desist letter from the NFL. <laughs> yes, for periscoping. Yeah, just <laughs> the game on in the background.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that that's when that's when the uh, Yeah. that. Uh, yes. But yeah, no, I mean, that that uh, that because that rock band night, that was I didn't have to go to work the next day because I had been laid off like the week before. So like I just that was such a good night because like I was in so I had been so depressed, like because I'd lost my job. Like I was just in a bad way and then just being able to like hang out with you guys. And just we had we had a lot of fun that night. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I, there's been some pretty good Super Bowl parties I've been to in my life. Uh, in high school, we did the youth group thing. So like all the, you know, the youth group of the church, we'd get together and watch the Super Bowl at the church. Uh, in college, um, we, there was a couple guys. We'd go – there was a one – per, I think three of the four years I was in college, there was one professor – that had a, bunch, a couple people over, and we'd watch the game over his house. And then I want to say the last year I was in college, we did it at a different professor's house, but it was like
1: the same group of people. Um, those were pretty I think, fun. I think a lot of them I just kind of watched by myself up until, I think, yeah, maybe when Tony moved out here in 2000, 2001. Then we might have got together more for him. But, yeah, it's been an ongoing tradition for a long time. And then I moved to Florida and obviously the group of friends I had down there,
0: like we hung out every weekend anyway. So it was just like, well, of course we're getting together for the Super Bowl. We just did it bigger.
1: We're already hanging out, just doing the game on.
0: And then, so I moved here permanently in 2000. Let's see, I moved in here in 2005. And that's before, before I knew you, then I moved to California for a little bit and I came back. So I want to say 2009 would have been, I don't know if I you guys would have invited me over in 2009, so maybe it was 2010, was the first one that that you guys you invited me over to, and I think we've pretty much seen every Super Bowl together since then. Yeah, maybe but, minus one or two. Yeah, except for I, you know, I can only think of maybe two
1: in the last then. 12 years. Yeah,
0: because I want to say two. Maybe well now that I'm thinking of two or three, because I want to say I've seen one with my in-laws, like. I think there was one year where where I went over to their house, but yeah, I would say most, you know. But I mean, the Super Bowl is just like, I mean, even even people who don't care about football watch the Super Bowl every year. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's not. The, I'm not not breaking any any ground no. by making that that statement. Um,
1: from the beginning the, of the uh, Super Bowl. I was gonna say, what's your favorite? Uh I don't know if you want to call it Super Bowl snack, Super Bowl entree. Oh that is at every pretty much that's at every one. Because I could tell you what you're trying to think. Mine is those little smokies and barbecue sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah. You really can't go wrong with
1: that. Like every year, that's what I tell Tony. Yeah. When, when he asks about what to do, I'm like, little smokies. Yeah, little
0: little smokies and barbecue sauce.
1: And then I probably eat like two dozen to 30 of them yeah i feel slightly bad about myself
0: yeah yeah um i'm i love the good sausage and cheese tray um i can't go can't go wrong with that um this year is going to be a little interesting because i've got
1: slightly more dietary restrictions um so little smokies yay nay this year oh i guess they're I can, still going to be there, and I'm still going to
0: hammer right. down. I can still do those. Um, you now, I just – I don't know if I can eat all of the crackers. I think I'll just be able to eat cheese and sausage just without the crackers. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I just – I have to – I weighed myself yesterday. Um, I'm still not sure I'm comfortable with announcing the weight uh, publicly but I can tell you that it is over 40 pounds lost since I've been diagnosed with the diabetes. So, you know, when was
1: that 40 uh, pounds in since the uh, beginning of October. That's pretty good. 40 pounds in what, like four months, five months.
0: Yeah. Especially since I don't really work out. Like I just, it's just pretty much been through diet and, and, I could be doing better um, but man it's so hard
1: wait wait till it's warmer and you can take those dogs for walks
0: yeah that's true that will go a long way once I can actually go outside and then yeah. like you know I'll be able to mow the lawn more and especially just walking around where you
1: live you got all those all I those inclines
0: have, I do but like there's yard work that like I maybe have put off for the last couple of summers that I connect I'll force myself to go out and do you know that kind of stuff.
1: But you know, like for one night I can be a little bad, you know. Nah. There is no there is no diet during the Super Bowl party. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I tortured myself during Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas for the Super Bowl though.
1: <laughs> Not the ones with families, just the one with friends. Yeah because we, we don't judge you
0: <laughs> I'm gonna make your life miserable by not allowing myself to have carbs and starch but you know those
1: guys oh no no I'll, I'll do that yeah. yeah they won't, they won't judge me for going for that second piece of cake all right oh okay
0: here I did write that stuff down okay so I wrote this little paragraph here from the beginning the Super Bowl was huge but starting in 84 with the Apple ad the game changed. But a few years, commercials became almost bigger than the game itself. Sure, there have been ads bring uh, building up to it, like the Master Lock ads, where you know the guys were shooting the Master Lock to prove, like, still, you know, the Mean Joe Green ad, uh, the Noxeme of the Farrah Fawcett, Joe Namath ad. But '84 changed the game. Um, that gave you the "Where's the Beef?" That gives you the the 1984 Apple commercial, and then in '93. Michael Jackson did the halftime show, and then that changed everything again. So starting basically, you know, from 67 to 84, it built and built and built to the point where the ads were like, hey, we have an audience here that we can do something with. Let's not just waste it by showing the same commercial that we air all the time. Let's like, bam, like, we'll, you know, they intentionally... They, now they release some of your bigger movie trailers during the Super Bowl, you know, and some of your bigger products make announcements. Uh, and then so it took them another nine years after that to go, hey, we already have them here. Let's make something like, let's give them something else. Let's bring in Michael Jackson for the halftime show. Let's not do
1: up with people. Do you think there was a way to track the dip in audience? when the halftime show was on, I mean, unless they changed the channel, I don't think they could. No. I mean, it's really,
0: it's, it's really hard to track that kind of stuff anyway. Um, I know they have the Nielsen rating system that kind of gives you an idea because they have like, if we have this many families of, of, you know, married single divorced white black latino asian you know whatever in each neighborhood like you know we know from the census that there's this many people here so we need like and so they have a formula that says for like we need one house out of every 20 or one house every out of every 100 that needs a nielsen box in the in the house and then that but that's notorious like if you go back in history and i tell you that you know, in 1967, you know, just over 50 million people were watching the Super Bowl. At best, that's a guess. It was probably way more than that because that's just who we had. Like, that's going, okay, in a given area, like we have a million people in this area. We have a thousand houses in then Nielsen. Of these thousand houses, 700 of them were watching the Super Bowl. So we can go math. Statistics tells us that this percentage of Milwaukee was watching the Super Bowl this year. It's not 100% accurate uh, because you also also can't say that just because we have one uh, household that's mom, dad, three kids, and the dad's college educated, the mom's high school educated, then every family that matches that you know demographic is also watching the super bowl right right but that's kind of how the math works for that i think it's easier for them to do it now because with the advent of the cable box or or you know like the streaming stuff they
1: can do a better job of saying what the tv is actually doing X amount, of, X amount of people are on at this time.
0: Yeah, so Spectrum knows that, you know, the cable box is on from this time to this time and this many. You know, but that, uh, that only says that, you know, we know that the house has this many people who live in it. It doesn't account, like if Tony was a Nielsen family, it doesn't account the fact that Tony has eight guys over at his house. Yeah, you know, that's too many.
1: That's too many. We limit it to like half of that.
0: Yeah, you know. So, you know, our, you know, when I was down, when I was living down in Florida, we'd have 20, 25 people over at one house watching the Super Bowl. Well, that's nine. Like I say, just say it's twenty people. We're all watching the Super Bowl at one house. That's nineteen houses that are empty and the TV's not on. So those rate those TVs are not accurately rating how many people are actually watching the Super Bowl. And I don't right. honestly know how big because I've never done it. Um, in the in my history, I've only never not watched the Super Bowl at home once. Like, well, not including like youth group time. Like, I I've only gone to a bar
1: or a restaurant to watch the Super Bowl one time in my life. I cannot remember any time not being at home or at a friend's house, right?
0: Yeah. For a game. Right, and I'm and I'm counting like when I've been at a church watching the Super Bowl as being at like a friend's home. No, the only time I watched the Super Bowl at a an establishment was when I was uh, in Lima, Peru, watching a Super Bowl at a Hooters. Because you couldn't get the game Uh, because the hotel wasn't going to air the game or like whatever for whatever reason. My friend Brad and I were who were in Peru um, and like we couldn't figure out what channel the TV was going to be on or what game, what channel the game was going to be on. And we knew that there was a mall within walking distance of the hotel that had a couple of American restaurants that we knew would have the game. And of the two of them, either Tony Roma's or uh Hooters, we figure Hooters would be the better option to watch a Super Bowl.
1: So who played? Do you remember?
0: Uh that was the year the Giants beat the Patriots to keep the Giants from winning the uh undefeated season. Oh
1: that was when with that was one of Brett Farms last year's. Yeah but the it, Giants knocked off the Packers. Yes.
0: Because I watched that game here in Wisconsin and then I flew to Lima and and like the day before the Super Bowl or like maybe two days before the Super Bowl. And uh, my friend Brad and I were like, well, we got to watch the Super Bowl, especially this one. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you, that Super Bowl will go down in infamy as one of the best Super Bowls ever anyway, uh, just because it was such a good game. Um, But I was in a mall in Lima, Peru that was on a cliff overlooking the pacific ocean because of the way north america and south america go they're kind of over so like even though you flew out of miami on the atlantic you landed in lima on in peru on the pacific okay even though they're in a straight line because south america is that far over like that's you know like they're not, North America and South America are not in line with each other. They might be touching, but, you know. But they're, they're definitely
1: not North and South.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're North and South. They're just, you know, like if you also, you could also say it was like West and East, you know. Ah. But, uh, Lima,
1: Peru in a mall at a Hooters overlooking, overlooking the ocean,
0: <laughs> overlooking the ocean with my friend, Brad, his mom and his sister. And his sister's friend. I, no, she it wasn't his sister's girlfriend. They were just friends. Okay, um, that was one of the stranger Super Bowls I've ever been involved in. But I mean, it was it was. I mean, we were there with a bunch of Americans who also happened to be in Lima who wanted to watch the Super Bowl. We couldn't understand a word because they broadcast it and they didn't just like put subtitles on it. They broadcast it in Spanish. Oh, so we just, all we, you know, every so often we'd look over at, at one of the Americans who spoke Spanish and we would like, what'd he say? Or, you know, we'd ask some, you know, some one of the waitresses, Hey, what'd that guy just say? You know. But most of it was just us going, all right, well, I mean, we understand the game of football. We can watch it in another language. We don't. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you this much: they do not air actual Super Bowl ads or American Super Bowl ads in Lima, Peru.
1: Interesting. So I,
0: so I did not get to see any Super
1: Bowl ads that year. I had to when well, I had to wait till I got home and then watch them all on online.: I wonder if that's just an American thing, like if that's the same in other countries, it's not as big of a deal. it's just there's some normal commercials normal it's well i would i mean
0: foot well what we call football the american football is uniquely american it's getting bigger in other countries but you know like the people of lima were not like like you could tell the waitresses were just like okay we have a bunch of americans in the bar today to watch whatever this is we're getting, we're getting paid in american dollars we we are making bank today um, because we were all there from beginning to end, ordering food and drink. Like we were just like, bring another beer, bring another beer, bring another plate of wings. What you guys take American dollars? We don't have to, you know, move, move our money over. Done. Here you go. All right, you do the uh, math for you. you do the math for us.
1: <laughs> There's a bunch of Americans with good or bad. We don't know.
0: Yeah. I feel like we got ripped off. Well, whatever. I don't know. So that was a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, I know that, like, football, obviously Canada is probably just America Junior. <laughs> there we go. We just lost the Canadian audience. Um, they got their own football league, too. Yeah, they do. Um, I know, I know uh, that American football is getting bigger in Japan. Uh, the Jaguars are taking over London. I know that American football has done very well in England, at least when they play the one or two games they play there a year.
1: Yeah, the Jaguars. That's so, where they go at every year. That's you can't those, sell out your own stadium. Go right. over there.
0: Yeah, because, you know, they're, but I know, I mean, obviously, Mexico is not, you know, culturally, Mexico is obviously very different than us, but, you know, I think they, have, they really appreciate American football there as well. I want to say Australia is actually doing picking up American football kind of heavy, um, but I could be wrong on that one. But I don't know if the Super Bowl has quite the cultural phenomena that that it is here. Um, so I tell you what, though. Uh, and Jeremy can either cut this or leave it in. I'm actually doing a British podcast next week. I'm waking up at like seven in the morning on Sunday. And I'm going to do, uh, do an episode of this, this podcast called the, uh, the Bullpen Podcast. Uh, let me make sure I got the exact name right. Yeah, the Bullpen. The Bullpen. Uh, apparently, these two British guys have somehow discovered American baseball. All right, And they really like it. Um, but they are spiritually about as similar to us as a, as a podcast as, as you can get. I've listened to a handful of episodes. They have a very dry sense of humor. Um, and, and just the way they, they interact with each other is very similar to the three of us. So I'm looking forward to doing an episode with them. So next week, I hope that I will be able to give you an answer on how big the Super Bowl actually is in England. Based off the based off an opinion of just two guys.
1: It's better than the opinion of
0: zero guys. That is true. So
1: any parting thoughts on the Super Bowl or Super Bowl ads? Um, uh, I feel like there's probably some of the ads are probably better than the game. I'd much rather see the Bengals beat. The Rams and vice versa. Even though Stafford deserves it from having to put up with Detroit for X amount of years. But yeah, go Bengals.
0: I mean, I'd like to see Cincinnati. I would like to see Cincinnati win it because I want the list of teams that have never won the Super Bowl to dwindle. Like I'd love it to be,
1: you know, we're like, really, it's just Detroit. Come on, guys. Detroit, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Houston. Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's in there too. Is that
0: it? Yeah. I think Cleveland and Jack, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and Houston have never been. I don't think Detroit's ever
1: been to the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah, Detroit's never been. Cincinnati's been, but they've never won it. Yeah, thanks to the 49ers. And then Arizona's been, but they've never won it. Thanks to Pittsburgh. The Chargers have been, but they've never
1: won it. Have they? Uh, not sure who the Chargers will. Have. Let's see here. Come on. yeah. I don't know. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out which teams have never been there. Teams that never win the Super Bowl Okay. okay, San Diego's 0-1, Houston slash Tennessee, 0-1, St. Louis slash Phoenix slash Arizona, 0-1, Cleveland, never been, Detroit, never been, Jacksonville, never been, and Houston, never been. Has Minnesota won the Super Bowl? 0-4. Uh, Okay, yeah, here we, oh, Buffalo, here Buffalo's 0-4, Atlanta's 0-2, Carolina's 0-2, and, and Cincinnati's
0: 0-2. Okay, so there's four teams that have never been Cleveland, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Houston. Three of them or two of them kind of have an excuse
1: and that they're a little bit newer. Uh, Houston and Jacksonville? Minnesota. Cleveland and Detroit are just bad.
0: Yeah, Minnesota and Buffalo have I'm sure Cincinnati would like to to win it because they don't want to end up on the Minnesota Buffalo side of, like, you know, we've been this many times, but we've never won at scale. Yeah.
1: Maybe 0-3. So not as bad as Minnesota or Buffalo. Yeah. But, you know. All right. Well, then, I guess if
0: you are Detroit. ahead of the Lions. <laughs> And you're so pathetic that you've never even been to the Super Bowl or your nationwide insurance. And you thought your idea of running a Super Bowl ad is telling us about a dead kid. Just remember, oh. America, that uh, stupid never walks alone.